0: Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode seventy, and today I'm going to be talking about unconditional love, trust, and respect. And joining me today is my almost fifteen-year-old daughter Sophie. We had a conversation this morning on this topic, and Sophie's thoughts were so interesting, I invited her to come along and join me as I'm recording this episode. So welcome to my podcast, Sophie. Thank you. Almost 15. When did you turn 15? Tomorrow. (laughs) Last day of being 14. That's remarkable, isn't it? First of all, we might explain how we came to be talking about these topics this morning, unconditional love, respect, and trust. I wrote a blog post last night on this topic. I found some words about unconditional love, trust and respect on a piece of paper, crumpled up in the bottom of my handbag. I'm always writing down thoughts on pieces of paper, things that I want to remember. I never know when they'll come in handy. I could base a blog post or a video or a podcast on such words, and this is what I did last night. I found this piece of crumpled up paper and I thought, Perhaps I could explore those words in a blog post. Now, I wrote the blog post on my new blog, my new unschooling blog, The Raw Files. Stories of an unschooling family, The Raw Files. And on that blog, if you haven't already been over there and had a look, it's a sort of behind-the-scenes blog. I feel able just to explore a few ideas and not come to any definite conclusions. And maybe later on, those raw file posts will become a real blog post on my main blog, or a podcast, or a video. And that's exactly what's happening today, isn't it, Sophie? Yes. That blog post I wrote last night, I was telling you about while we were out this morning having coffee, and it has led to this podcast. So we went out this morning, didn't we? Yes. Charlotte had a piano lesson in town, and you and I went to the shops while we were waiting for her to finish her lesson. And we thought we had a bit of extra time, didn't we? Yes. We got the time wrong, actually. We didn't have a bit of extra time. But we looked at the clock wrongly and we thought, oh, look, we've got ages yet before we have to pick up Charlotte. Let's go and have a cup of coffee together. Especially as it's your birthday tomorrow. I thought this will be a pre-birthday treat. So we got our cups of coffee and we sat down at a table in the mall. And we started chatting. And I said to Sophie and I, did you see my blog post last night? I wrote a blog post. Because I was rather proud of it. Not because it was a good blog post, but because I'd actually written something. <laughs> you understand that, Sophie? Yes. Sometimes we can go a long time between blog posts. And I'd actually sat down and written a blog post within an hour or so and published it. And you didn't even realize, did you? No. I think you're the only person that follows my blog apart from me. And, <laughs> so and I hadn't
1: yet hit my
0: blogger dashboard. So you didn't know about it. But I told you about it, and then we started chatting about the subject, didn't we? Yes. Now, what I was exploring was the idea that even if people don't unschool, if they have no intention of unschooling or think they can't unschool, there are still some unschooling-type things that everybody should do. Yes. As an unschooler, I'm always talking about unconditional love, trust, and respect. And I was exploring the idea that everybody should practice these things when they're parenting their children.
1: Definitely. You you agree? Yes.
0: So it's nothing really to do with just an unschooling way of life. You think that those things should be part of everybody's life.
1: I think ultimately that's what everyone would want in their life.
0: Okay, Sophie, let's start with unconditional love. Now, I define this as loving your children regardless of what they do or regardless of who they are. We accept our children unconditionally and we make them feel loved, right? Yes. Do you agree with
1: that? Definitely.
0: Now, I would say that if I said to a parent, you need to love your child unconditionally, they might get upset with me and think, I already do that. I love my child unconditionally. How can you suggest that I don't. I love my child so much. So I'm really reluctant to write about these topics and to talk about them. But yes, I'm doing it today. But you understand what I mean? Yes. Every parent would say that they love their children. So what is the problem, do you think?
1: I think the problem is that parents don't show they love their children enough.
0: So that children don't feel loved unconditionally?
1: Yes. It's not so much that they don't love the children, But the children don't realise that they're loved.
0: So if a child does something wrong and a parent appears to withdraw their love, a child doesn't understand that the parent still does love them. They just take notice of the coldness or the angry words or whatever. Yes. The bad feelings. And they don't realise that their parents, deep down, still do love them very much. Definitely. So do you feel loved?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: How do you know that you are loved? That I love you?
1: It's in the things that you do for us. You always give us time, especially time alone with each of us, so that we can get to know you properly and share our interests with you. You're always helping us. You're always willing to listen to us. And then you'll give us our space when we need space and let us have time to work things out if we're going through any issues without intervening and you don't get all upset at us and hold grudges against us. So you
0: say give you your own space and don't try to intervene. Don't you think it's a parent's duty to try and help their children? Don't I try and help you when you're having a bad time? I think so, but I
1: think there's a point we have to realise that a child needs some time alone and needs to get over something just by a little bit of space and to have some quiet time alone. And without a parent saying, come on, you have to act better. You have to pull up your socks.
0: Yes. This morning when we were having our coffee together, I dived into my bag for my trusty notebook, didn't I? Yes. Because you were saying so so many interesting things that were coming out thick and fast. And I wanted to record as much as I could. So I did make a few notes. So I've got those notes in front of me, Sophie, to remind me of what we were talking about. And yes, it says here, and yes, we can't say, pull up your socks and get on with things. There's nothing wrong with you. Yes? Yeah. Because sometimes there is, isn't there? Yeah.
1: Sometimes people will be having a bad day and it doesn't help anyone to have someone say, pull up your socks, there's nothing wrong. Because to a child, there might be something very much wrong, even if it's something very little.
0: Also, everybody just has bad days every now and then, don't they? We don't give children permission to have a bad day, do we?
1: Yes, but yet parents give themselves permission.
0: (laughs) Yes. Now, I've written down here that I don't get stressed out about getting behind with things. If other things come along that we have to deal with.
1: Oh, no, you definitely don't get stressed. Like, if we have a day where we devote to, say, filming Imogen's music videos, you don't immediately get worried about getting behind on
0: schoolwork. School in inverted commas. (laughs) Yes. Things to put in my notebook. Yes?
1: (laughs) Yes. And you don't worry about, if we're having a busy day, that we haven't cleaned the house up yet.
0: So we live in a dirty house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not all the time.
0: No, we try and get things done first thing in the morning, but sometimes there's more important things than housework, isn't there? Yes. Sometimes there's more important things than filling in homeschool records books. And those important things are all to do with our children, aren't they? Yes. People are more important than things or events, things that we're doing. Yes. I'm sure our conversation's going to go this way and that, because that's the way of conversations. And I've got down here next, Sophie. Do you think all families are like us?
1: Oh, definitely not. Why not? I don't think that all families get on as well as we do.
0: Why is that? What have you observed?
1: Well, I find that other parents don't seem to be so compassionate and they don't seem to be as forgiving as you do and people don't seem to get on as well with each other.
0: Is it to do with their words, the way they speak to each other? Definitely. That's how you've observed it? You've listened to what other families say to each other? Yes. So, what have you heard?
1: Well, it's the way people talk to each other, is that parents always criticise, you know, my child doesn't do this, my child is always spending their time doing that, they're too shy, or they're too lazy, and they always seem to be complaining in public about their children.
0: Are the children
1: listening at the time? Oh, I'm certain their parents they've heard their parents say those sort of things.
0: Even if their children aren't present, do you think it's alright for parents to say things like that? Oh, no, not at all. You wouldn't like anybody to be speaking about you behind your back like that?
1: Oh, no, it's it's not really polite, and it doesn't really respect the child.
0: I don't think I would like anybody to speak to, about me like that when I'm not present.
1: Oh, no, it, make, it forms other people's opinions about the children, and you're giving other people, the people you've been talking to, the wrong impression about your child.
0: So this gets me onto the point, Sophie, of accepting children for who they are. That's part of unconditional love, isn't it? Yes. So if you're describing a child as too shy or too lazy, you're not really accepting who they are. No. I think the reason that parents say these things is out of worry for their child. They see something about their child which they're worried about, some flaw they think in their character, something they're not doing right, and they want to change that flaw, that trait, because they they think that maybe if the child changes, they're going to be a better person, or they're going to get on better in the world, they're going to relate better to other people, that type of thing. Do you understand? Yes. So a parent's words could come out of concern for their child, not because, of course, they're naturally critical, but just because they are worried. And maybe by voicing these concerns to their children and to other people, other people might have ideas, their child, they hope, might pick themselves up and try a bit better, a bit harder, do you think?
1: Yes, but I think that's going against unconditional love and respecting the child. Because those you might see those things as flaws, but they've got other things that are wonderful about them. And if you're always focusing on the flaws and never on the good things, then what's a child going to feel about themselves?
0: Well, how will they feel?
1: They'll probably feel like they're pretty terrible people, that their parents don't love them, and
0: they're no good at anything. So you think that parents focus too much on the bad aspects of the... And never on the good. So you don't hear parents saying good things about their kids? No. Not very often? No, not at all. Not at all. Do you think that comes from not wanting to boast about their kids, So To say, if we're saying good things about our children, people might think, look, you're boasting about your children. You think they're absolutely fantastic.
1: Well, I think you can talk about the good things in your children without boasting. It's all about how you word things and how you talk about it.
0: Well, give me some examples.
1: Well, you can talk about what a child's been doing and what you've been doing with your child and talk about it as in events and just what you're doing instead of just going, my child's amazing, look at what my child does.
0: So you think that just by telling what you've been doing, people will pick up on the facts that your kids are doing some pretty good things.
1: Yes. If you tell them about the wonderful things you've been doing, they'll they'll pretty much certainly work out that it's an awesome thing.
0: They're also asking them about the awesome things their kids are doing, too. Yes, Two-sided conversations, taking interest in other people's children and sharing what we've been doing as well so that we can all take joy in each other's children, maybe, and each other's achievements. Yes take an interest in all the things. Because I find when we get together with people, no one's really interested in what you've all been doing.
1: It's always one person's achievements and one person does all the talking while the other person sits there listening.
0: <laughs> so if a child does have some kind of flaw or a trait that a parent thinks is a bit of a worry and a parent can't point that out to a child and say, come on, you've got to pull up your socks, you can't sit in your room all the time being shy, you've got to get out there and do things, right? Right. Yeah. How is that child ever going to change?
1: Well, I think that a big thing is for a parent to focus on the good things and tell the child what a good job they're doing and trust that the child will sort out those things and want to try and do better.
0: So you think that if their child feels loved, maybe by feeling loved that's going to change people rather than criticism? Definitely. A lot more is done by love. We've talked about this before, haven't we? How powerful love is. Like when I'm loved, when I feel really loved, I want to be a better person, don't I? Yes. But if people criticise me, I feel like giving up. Yeah, I can never do anything right.
1: And that's not really a way to encourage someone to do better.
0: So maybe when a child has some sort of fault, we make very little of that and concentrate on the good things.
1: Yes. And who knows, maybe that fault will turn out not to be as bad as a parent might have originally thought. Yes, sometimes negative traits end up being what's special about a child.
0: That's right. That parent might complain about a child being stubborn, maybe. They won't do anything they're told.
1: But maybe later on in life, that stubbornness will help them stand by something
0: really important. They won't give in to peer pressure. They might keep to their own good opinions when... People want them to agree to something that's wrong, maybe. Yes. Yeah, it could be just knowing one's own mind and having the strength to stick with it. Yeah. Not being swayed by other people. Especially when those other people aren't saying or doing what is right. Now, we wouldn't criticise that, would we? No. (laughs) Even being quiet and not very outgoing could be positive, couldn't it? Yes. Can you give us some examples?
1: Well... If you're quiet, you've got more time to listen and you can understand other people better. And being quiet means that you pick up on more things in the world because you're
0: not always jabbering. So more sensitive, you might end up more compassionate, more sensitive, that type of thing? Yes. So there's two ways of looking at things, isn't there? Yes. And also, some negative traits, I feel, are the result of a need. Yes, a need for love so that maybe a child who is angry and bad-tempered might be trying to tell people something.
1: Yes, it could be the fact that they they feel their parents are always negative about things and they don't feel the love that they want to feel.
0: I think generally that when children misbehave it's not a sign that they're a bad person. Oh no! (laughs) It's a sign that they have some kind of need that isn't being recognized. Yes. They need more love and attention because what is the natural thing that parents do when a child misbehaves?
1: Tells them off and then tries and punishes them.
0: And then takes away things that they feel are treats, that type of thing. Yes. Give them less attention.
1: Yes. When in reality, maybe it's more attention they need.
0: Yes, exactly. Get it the wrong way around. Yes. So I've got a few notes here, Sophie, about what we were saying about conversations, the conversations we have with friends. We get together with other people, and obviously you've heard mothers complaining about their children, pointing out their deficiencies, yes? Yes. And you've said that we ought to talk about the good things in people's lives, the things that we're doing together, ask other people about what they've been doing, talk about all the awesome things children are doing rather than the negative. Yes. I've got a sentence here that I've written down. We shouldn't put anyone down, including our kids, when we're talking.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: We all know as adults that we shouldn't gossip about other people, take pleasure in other people's misfortune or the things that they're doing wrong. And the same thing applies to children, doesn't it? Maybe
1: parents don't realise that when they're talking about their children, what they're actually doing is
0: still gossiping. They are, aren't they? They just think it is okay because they're only kids and they belong to them. Yes. So we shouldn't talk about our children's struggles, should we? No. That's a private matter.
1: Definitely. And private matters should stay private.
0: Respect our children's privacy? Yes. And when I write about you on my blogs, and I write an awful lot about all you children on my blogs, and I wouldn't have a blog or a podcast or videos without you, do I do it with your cooperation?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Definitely. Yes, I ask you beforehand, don't I? I only publish things I know that you'll be happy with, including photos and things.
1: Yes, you always ask our permission before publishing anything.
0: And we've talked about it before, haven't we, Sophie, that we're not a perfect family, and it might seem that way at times, because I can't always talk about the things that you are all struggling with. Yeah?
1: No, because... that's it's a
0: private matter between you and yourself and us. Yeah? Yes. But it's not the world.
1: Definitely.
0: And if I choose... To share some of my struggles, that's okay, because that's my struggles.
1: Yes, that's your choice. It's not you taking over our privacy.
0: So we can't do whatever we like with our children's stories, with their lives, with their photos, whatever we like, without considering the effect upon our children of doing that.
1: I think to a certain extent, you should still treat children how you treat adults.
0: So especially with little children, parents like to poke fun at their kids, don't they? Yes. And have a laugh about this, that and the other and how cute they are and what the silly things they do. How do you feel about that? I
1: don't think I like that so much because it's taking advantage of another person. You point out a tiny child's mistake, but a child still has feelings and a child still will notice if you're laughing at them.
0: They will, won't they?
1: Yes, and that sticks with a child for a very long time.
0: And it's quite true that little children are cute
1: but there are ways to appreciate cuteness without pointing out stupid stories.
0: <laughs> We're all beautiful. we are all got our special aspects to our, our characters, don't we? Yes. I know that little children are designed to make our hearts sort of overflow with love and warmth, aren't they, and feel fuzzy. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's a very special thing about little children. And when Gemma Rose was very little, That was her job, wasn't it? To come along and make us feel warm and fuzzy, sit on our laps and give us big kisses and stuff. But that's okay, I reckon. Yes. Going back to boasting about our children, I was reading a very interesting article last night about how all children are different and are amazing. And I've had a podcast which was called How All Children Are Amazing. Do you agree with that?
1: Yes. Everyone in the whole world is amazing.
0: So that the differences between children are the things that make them unique and amazing. Yes. So that we shouldn't want to change our children to be like everybody else.
1: Yeah, that's why I think there's so much annoyance against peer pressure and trying to conform children to be normal nowadays. People dislike that a lot more than they used to.
0: So people don't value the differences. They expect you to be made in one mould. Yes. And maybe parents find it hard to stand up for their children if they are different.
1: Yes, I think sometimes that could be the case.
0: And Maybe that's another reason parents want to change their children, to make it easier for them through life.
1: Yes. But maybe parents don't realise that them being unique could also help them through life later on.
0: We don't know what sort of role they're going to have what what special mission they have, that type of thing. Yes,
1: yeah, so if you change a child from what makes them unique, they could take a completely different turn in life and miss all the opportunities their uniqueness could have given them.
0: So I think that in some ways it's easier for a parent to parent a child who is falls in the normal category. Yes. Just middle-of-the-road type thing. Someone
1: that people don't just look at and go, oh, that, that one's different.
0: Because different children need different ways of parenting, and not always does society accept anybody who's different, do they? No. So perhaps we can say some more about words. You've been telling me that you've been listening to what parents say about their children, and they put them down or they criticise them, and I think that they don't do that intentionally, do you?
1: No, definitely not.
0: It might result in hurt, But I don't think that parents intentionally set out to hurt their children. I think in some ways it's very sad that they do, when that's not their object.
1: I think it makes the whole situation a lot worse.
0: Because they think they're doing good, but they're not.
1: Yes, they're actually making the matter worse.
0: We were talking this morning about when you write your words down, it makes you think about what you're saying.
1: Yes, writing it makes you... Think about how you're posing the words and how the words will come across to the readers and just how your message will be interpreted. And I think that's the good thing about writing is that you can edit it, read through and work out, hang on, people won't get my message properly and will think I'm criticising here. Whereas when just talking, most people don't realise how their words are coming across.
0: People don't think properly before they speak.
1: No, they just barge in there and jabber on and on and on. And then later on they might think back and go, oh, that probably wasn't the right thing to have said.
0: I think some people have this problem with writing too, especially when they're writing quickly, like on Facebook or an email or something, that they still write as they speak and don't go back and have a read of it properly and think about how that message is going to be interpreted by whoever they're writing to. Do you agree?
1: Yes. There are two forms of writing. There's writing, whereas in you just scroll down anything. And then there's writing, as in the art of writing, where you think about everything, you read back through it, and you edit, and you properly pose what you're saying.
0: So not everybody is going to sit down and write to work out what they're saying wrongly to their children. But I do think writing helps us explore our thoughts and issues, doesn't it? We come to some conclusion as we're writing things down. We're writing for a purpose.
1: Yes, and I think later on, writing helps you more in speech. Because I know since I've been doing a lot more writing, that I think a lot more about what I'm saying and I think before I speak. And I work out just, hang on, this might not come across properly. And I give myself time before I say it to think of a better way of saying things.
0: Now, not everybody is going to sit down and write a blog, are they? No. But we can all write. How about a journal?
1: A journal would be a good way if you don't want to do it. It doesn't even have to be long.
0: If we have some sort of problem, I think it's a good idea to sit down and journal about it, write down what we're thinking and feeling and all the issues that we're facing. And as we're writing, we might actually explore the problem and come out the other side with some positive thoughts about it. Yes. A way forward. Yes? Yes. And when we read our words, we look back at it, we understand a lot more, do you think? Yes. So this is what I've been doing, exploring thoughts through writing on my Raw Files blog. I've only written a few posts so far, but it's what I've been enjoying doing, is just jotting down some ideas and just seeing where the words will lead me. Yes? Yes. I didn't come to many conclusions last night when I was writing about unconditional love, trust, and respect. I think I posed more questions than I answered.
1: Hopefully you're answering them now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Because by talking to you about them this morning and telling you what I was writing about, we're having this conversation, aren't we? Yes. Do you think we're coming to any conclusions now? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Making any sense? So coming back to that blog post... One thing we haven't talked about is trust. Yes, we talked about unconditional love and we talked about respect and how to talk to children properly, yes? Yes. Or talk about children. But we haven't talked about trust. No. So what do you think trust is, Sophie?
1: I think it's confidence in each other.
0: And how does that get built up? That
1: gets built up by loving and respecting each other.
0: Right, so if we love and respect each other, we work on our trust?
1: Yes. It comes automatically if you love and respect
0: someone properly. Do you think it's a two-way thing? My parents talk about whether they can trust their children or not. But do you think that we should be thinking about whether our children can trust us? Definitely.
1: A child has to be able to trust a parent. Otherwise, how's a parent supposed to be able to trust a child properly?
0: So we can build up those relationships, we can love our children, they can love us, we can respect each other, we get to a point where we're trusting each other because we know each other very well. Yes. You think, agree with that one? Yes. And sometimes people say to me, how could you let your child, for example, use the internet away from the family room, say, right? Yes. And I say, I trust my child, I know my child. Yes. Yes. So what would happen if you got onto a website that you know is wrong?
1: I'd leave straight away and I wouldn't go back. I would realise I'd gone somewhere I shouldn't have and I wouldn't go any further.
0: That's what I believe as well. I trust that your reaction, you know, what is right, what is wrong. And like me, because when I get on these websites very, very occasionally, the first thing I do is click off.
1: Yes. And then you just don't dwell on it again because, you know, no harm's been done didn't really read anything into it, and I left straight away, and I didn't let it have a big impact on me.
0: Now, people might say, I'm foolish to trust you. That's just a very serious situation. What if you lingered and then you polluted your mind with all these things that you shouldn't see? It's too big an issue, yes? Yes. I should control you more. Right, you've got to sit right next to me and use your computer, and I've got to be able to see at all times what you're doing.
1: Oh, that would take a lot of effort on your behalf.
0: Yes, and also limit what you are allowed to do on the computer. Yes. But I don't feel it's a problem because I really do think I know you.
1: Yes, you know what I'm likely to do and you do know the sites I go on because
0: they're all basically photography related. (laughs) Yes, so I think that that's a risk that's very small. Very, very small. So we can trust children to do the right thing. Yes. If we know them.
1: Yes, you have to take the time to know your child first.
0: Build up that confidence. Yes. How do children get to trust their parents?
1: I think it comes by letting children get to know you and you talking to a child about what they're interested in, but also about what you're interested in and let them know you as a person and talk about your mistakes and what you're interested in, what you think, and have a proper conversation. Instead of making your conversation an interrogation to find out all about your child, Make it a two-way thing and talk about yourself and the child.
0: So sharing yourself with your children. Yes. And as you said, we have to admit our mistakes when we make them because parents aren't perfect, are they? Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Now, there's another aspect of trust for unschoolers, and that is that we have to trust that you, the children, are going to learn all you need to know when you need to know it. Yes?
1: Yes. And I think that part is tricky for some people.
0: It is, but I think that if we're respecting and loving our children, it's easier to trust them because if we're respecting a child, we're not going to push that child when they're not ready for something. Yes. If they're not learning something that we feel they should be learning, we're not going to jump up and down and yell at them, are we? No. We're going to let them learn that in their own time, aren't we? Yes. We're going to respect their choices. Definitely. They don't have to be interested in what we're interested or what they're told they've got to be interested in. We'll respect them as a person with their own talents, their own interests, their own passions, won't
1: we? Yes, and let them come to those important topics in their own time.
0: I think the problem comes with the bigger world, the bigger society. If we didn't have to worry about such things as homeschool registration or, or the traditional school things, we would be so much happier, but I think we're influenced a lot by other people. Yes. If it was just us, we might be happy to let our child learn something in their own time. But when we're comparing our child to somebody else's child or somebody at school, or if we're worried about them having to fulfill a homeschool requirement or to get into university, then that's where we find it difficult to trust. Yes.
1: I think the big issue is that a lot of people do compare to other children. And what other children know and they focus on what their children don't know. When, in reality, they should be thinking about all the things that their child knows a lot about and what their child excels in.
0: So sometimes do you think that parents worry more about other people than they do about their own children? Yes. So I've got one last point here about that, is that if we are loving and respectful towards our children, that trust will build up.
1: Yes. They come together. You can't really have any of those without the rest of them.
0: Well, I don't know if we've talked about all the things we talked about this morning, Sophie. It's hard having a second conversation about the same topic, isn't it? You go over it and think, did we talk about all the points, all those wonderful points that you made this morning? And in some ways, I wish I'd had my little recorder with me so I could have captured that conversation straight off because I think sometimes it's the spontaneous conversations which are the most interesting. Yes. But another thing we've been talking about to do with my Raw Files blog is the wrinkles post. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote this a couple of posts ago. What if wrinkles were beautiful? That's the title of the post. Now, I wrote that because I had a birthday last week, didn't I? Yes. And I don't mind getting older. I don't think of myself as old. But one thing I do wish is that I didn't have wrinkles and lines, especially around my eyes. I don't really want to look old.
1: Yes, but your eye wrinkles mean You smiled a lot.
0: (laughs) Maybe, but the point is that other people look at me and think that I'm older, right? Yes. Every year that goes by, I get classed as older. They put me in the old people category when people look at me, because people do judge, don't they? You look at somebody and you think, they're young, they're a child, they're older. Yes. It's Uh, the
1: first thing people do when they see people, is they judge them off their appearance.
0: They certainly do. And it worries me that people will judge me as older, because I feel that younger people won't want to talk to me about things anymore. They'll think, she doesn't relate to our stage of life. She's too old. She's behind the times. She doesn't understand what we're going through. Which in reality is, I've been through everything they've been through before, so I should know exactly what younger people are going through. And just because you're older doesn't mean you're outdated. It doesn't, but a lot of older people do go by the wayside. People don't listen to them anymore, they don't value them, do Which they? Which is very sad, because it, old people have a lot to say. A lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, don't they? But yeah. in our society, not a lot of people value old people.
1: No. No. I think that's where we've been very lucky, is we live in an area full of old people, and a lot of the people we know are older.
0: And we know some wonderful older people, don't we? Oh, definitely. And they've uh, helped our family in lots of ways, sharing talents, sharing their experiences with us.
1: And it's helped us appreciate them better and understand older people better than I reckon most people understand.
0: I think a lot of that is to do with unschooling as well, because you're not classed with people your own age all the time. You get out there and join in with things like choir, which includes a lot of older people. Yes,
1: Dad's one of the young
0: people in our choir. (laughs) He is. But what I'm saying is you're not used to being separated off into your age group. No. So you're open to having friendships with any aged person.
1: Yes. It actually really quite scares me when I come across something where they have to age group you and, like... I'd rather be with another group.
0: You don't want to be just with your aged peers? No. Okay, so I said to you after I wrote this blog post, because even though we do know a lot of older people, I still don't want to look old, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Or the point of the post really was that wouldn't it be wonderful if... Every time we got another wrinkle or another line, people thought you were more beautiful. Yes, that we aged into a beautiful face, that we could look in the mirror and say, wow, I've got another line, my face is maturing nicely, <laughs> <laughs> rather than look in the mirror and there's another line and you think I'm getting ugly and old.
1: Uh, you really mm-hmm. would ruin all that anti-wrinkle creeps.
0: The emotions. That's right. The anti-aging industry would go downhill, wouldn't
1: it? <laughs> Definitely.
0: Now, Gemma rose didn't like this idea, did she? No. Because Gemma rose is twelve and she's it rather be, beautiful. She's
1: the ugliest in the family. <laughs> yes,
0: she did say, "Are you saying, Mum, that I'm ugly because I'm young?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> we're, we're only uh, imagining." <laughs> but she didn't like the idea of people getting more beautiful as they got older. Well, in reality, it only. Needs- the older people only deserve to be more beautiful. They've earned it. Exactly, and older people do have, we hope, more saintly qualities. They're, they're, they're been...
1: They've learnt about the world, and hopefully they've learnt from all their mistakes.
0: That's right. Hopefully they're striving to be better people. Younger people haven't got very far along the pathway, they have they? They haven't
1: made enough mistakes yet.
0: So maybe older people, on the whole, because everybody is different, but maybe they're working on their inner beauty. Yes, which can shine out, can't it? Definitely. Okay, so I wrote this blog post about wrinkles on my Raw Files Unschooling blog. And I thought to myself as I wrote it, this has got nothing to do with unschooling. But also I thought I didn't really care because this is my behind the scenes blog. It doesn't really matter if it's not to do with unschooling. And I was really surprised when later on I was telling you about this post. And I said to you, you probably didn't relate to that post at all. And you said, yes, I did, Mum. So tell us what you think.
1: I think that the idea of the post sort of works for everybody. While people judge you on wrinkles, they also judge you on a lot of other physical aspects in life.
0: So your appearance, people judge you on your appearance. Is that what you're saying? Yes, definitely. Even children?
1: Yes. I I think to a certain extent children are judged more because of their appearance. Because people treat children very, very differently.
0: So if you're known to be a child, uh, you, you don't get the same respect as an adult? No.
1: It's the funny thing. We've grown up with the same people, and Imogen, who's 21, a lot of people still treat her like she's 16 and won't accept that she's grown up.
0: So they don't talk to her adult to adult?
1: No. And that's the annoying thing with children, is they don't talk to them like they talk to an adult.
0: So children and adults get treated differently. Yes. So how do people talk to children?
1: It's sort of dumbed down as if a child doesn't know anything and it's sort of non interestingly, like a child doesn't have anything to say.
0: So I've noticed that when families get together, adults talk to adults and children talk to children. And they never mingle. Adults really get down to a child's level and have interesting conversations with children. They don't seem to ask questions, find out what the children are thinking and feeling and what they've been doing, unless, of course, there's a special relationship between them.
1: No, which is very, very sad.
0: So do you find it frustrating that people judge you on your appearance and treat you accordingly? They treat you as a child.
1: Yes, I definitely think that it's very annoying.
0: How would you like to be treated?
1: Well, I'd like people to treat me more as an equal and have a proper conversation with me and take interest in me for me, not me as a, for a little child.
0: I find that that's much easier online. I've noticed that you have interesting conversations with adults online. Yes. They do think that you have something of value to say, to share, and they treat you as a valued person.
1: Yes. I participate in a photo challenge called the Bethadilly Challenge. And most of the people who do that challenge are mothers or adults. And I have conversations with those people and we talk about photography and share tips and I don't think any of them have realised I'm just a teenager.
0: Just a teenager. (laughs) You're not just a teenager. You might be a teenager but you're not just a teenager.
1: I don't think they realise I'm a teenager and they treat me like anyone else which is
0: the best feeling in the world. Now that's what I think is good about online study. One of the others, I'm not sure who it was, one of your siblings said that they liked studying online because nobody knew who they were really as far as appearance goes. Yet they were all treated the same. Nobody thought, well, you're younger than me or you're older than me. Yes, or why are you still doing this at your age? That type of thing. People could share the details about themselves in the introductory forum, but I think Imogen said, that after a while, people forgot about those details. Yes. And they just treated each other as equals. Yes,
1: which is an amazing thing to have happened.
0: Now, I think, Sophie, that we're coming to the end of our conversation. But one thing I would like to end with is that as adults, we can think about how we would feel if we weren't treated with respect, if we weren't unconditionally loved. Yes. If we weren't accepted for who we were, if people keep harping on our flaws and our deficiencies, yes? Yes. We wouldn't feel very good, would we, as adults? That's not what people do to adults. They might talk about them behind their backs, but nobody's going to come up to me, I hope, and start telling me all my imperfections and what I should be working on. And when I think about that, I know I don't want to be treated like that. So I don't want to treat you like that, either.
1: Yes, which is one of the reasons I'm so glad I've got you as a mother. When I think about how all these other parents treat their children, I feel extremely lucky to have you.
0: Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect, and I'm sure there's other families who are trying to love their children unconditionally and respect them, just as we are trying to do. But nobody is perfect, and there will be days when we fall Yeah, we fail to live up to our high standards, yes? Yes. There will be a day when I get up and I'm tired and I might say something which I might regret later on, right? Yes. So I'm not trying to tell everybody that we've got it perfectly worked out. But what happens? What if I got up one day and I'm really tired and I yell at you for something and I say something which I shouldn't say because it's not respectful? Will it flatten you forever?
1: No, because we realise... You don't mean it because you've shown so many times that you love us and we'll forgive you for
0: it. So you'll forgive me my mistake because you know that that's how hard I am trying.
1: Yes, and that you forgive us for our mistakes.
0: Because, of course, you're going to make mistakes and if I forgive you for yours, you're more willing to forgive me for mine. You're following the example. Yes. So we don't have to be perfect. No. And we don't have to say that we're better than anybody else. Definitely because we're not. definitely not, are we? No. I'm not sitting here talking about this, trying to make out that we've got all the answers and that we have sorted it all out. I could tell you loads of stories about the early days of parenting when I didn't love unconditionally, right? Right. And when I didn't talk to children properly. But as the years have gone by, and I guess I make mistakes, you pick yourself up, you learn a little bit, and you... As I'm getting older, (laughs) there's some advantages to getting older that you learn from experience. Yes. And you realize that we really do have to change and be careful about how we treat our children if we want our children to feel loved. Yes. And I love you so much that I would never want to hurt you by not respecting you. I want you to know that you're loved. Yes?
1: Yes. And I definitely do know that.
0: Right? So... I think it's really hard talking about these things without giving the impression that we've got it all sorted out, and we're just sitting here saying, This is the way you do it, but what we're really doing, I think, is talking about things that we have learnt by experience, and we're hoping that other people will join in on the conversation and maybe share what they're doing. It's not a pointing the finger, they look that person there doesn't love their children very much because they're yelling at them or they're not saying the right things but We could all think more about our relationships with our children, can't we? Yes. We can all do better. We can all think uh, more carefully about what's coming out of our mouths and the pressures that people put upon us, we put upon ourselves, which make us act maybe in not quite the right manner towards our children. And I'm talking about like peer pressure, the, the feeling that we have to make our children behave in a certain way because what will other people think about us? And I think as we get older, I don't care so much about that anymore. (laughs) That is one of the good things about getting older. I don't feel I have to fit in with anybody else. It doesn't really matter if people criticize me behind my back because, of course, they don't do it to my face or whether they approve of what we're doing. Because I have that confidence, I can see that what we're doing here in our homeschooling life is really enriching our family's life. Do you think so? Yes. We wouldn't want to live any other way. No. So it doesn't matter whether people agree with us or not. Uh, it's still worth us living this way because this is what's right for us. Yes. And we're just talking about this and giving people some ideas about to think about and maybe come back and say, I found that, that out as well. Yes. Yes. That's what we hope. We hope that people don't come back and say, <laughs> I disagree with you entirely. That would be t- pretty terrible. <laughs> it certainly would. So I hope people will accept the conversation in that way. Well, thank you for talking with me, Sophie. I know it's been a difficult conversation for you in many ways because I think you must have some allergies with your nose today. Have you? <laughs> yes, you're having a little bit of problems there. So I hope people can understand you with your stuffy nose. It's uh, a big problem for you, isn't it? But it's not. But you battled on, and I thank you for that.
1: <laughs> That's all right.
0: Now to finish off, we'll just say that I will we got any show notes? I'm not sure if we have any show notes today. <laughs> I usually tell people that the show notes we found on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and direct them over there for them, but I can't decide whether we'll have any program notes.
1: Just send them over
0: there anyway. <laughs> or people can go over there and comment if they like, share their own experiences, and what else? Look Check bit... if there is any show notes. <laughs> Check if there's any show notes. Maybe visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, The Raw Files. Also, can go over to Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere else, my Facebook Facebook, Facebook timeline. is <laughs> a pretty active place at the moment for conversations and anything else that's going on in our lives, isn't it? Yes. Right. People can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Podbean or follow it through my blog. I haven't said that for a few weeks, <laughs> so I think I can say that today. Right. Episode 70. I think we finished. Wow. So I just like to thank everybody for listening to our conversation and until next time episode 71 whenever I think of something else that we can talk about until then I hope you have a wonderful week and don't forget to trust, respect and and love love unconditionally. unconditionally and tell your kids that you love them very much thank you Sophie